Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Howard Beck for your NBA Daily Assist coming up here momentarily. Uh, we do have some NBA news, Gordon. Um, apparently the NBA Board of Governors had a con- uh, teleconference today and a few things coming out of that. They have postponed the May draft lottery and combine uh, both events were scheduled for this month in Chicago. They're push, uh, pushing that back, but no announcement has been made yet on the June 25th draft, hmm. which I would guess is going to get pushed back. Unless yeah. they cancel everything altogether, I would guess that's moving back one way or another. And that's what you would expect. I mean, because of all the delays and the postponing and all that stuff. I mean, yeah, everything's going to be pushed back. Yep, And that's just part of what everybody the uncertainty everyone is dealing with right now until they get these these indications that uh, the coast is clear i don't know how you can operate any other way all right it's time for your daily assist let's get to it it's time for your nba fix this is the big show daily assist featuring all the latest news and insight on the association now joining the big show Senior NBA writer for Bleacher Report, Howard Beck, on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. Out to the Sprint special guest line we go. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability. From the Bleacher Report, he's our friend Howard Beck. Hi, Howard. Good afternoon, guys. How are you? Hey, we're doing all right. Uh, how about yourself? Everybody doing okay? Everybody's still good. Thank you. Wonderful. I got a question for you, Howard. You've uh, indicated to us on a few occasions that you're able to get out and uh, walk around a little bit. Uh, is that a difficult thing to do in uh, in the Brooklyn area? Well, it's, it's difficult because, you know, this is a high-density city, obviously, and yeah. maybe not as high-density as, as Manhattan, where you've got, you know, obviously these, these massive apartment buildings um, stacked one after the other. But even here in Brooklyn, you know, you know, Brownstone, Brooklyn, where we've got, you know, three, four-story, you know, row houses side by side by side by side, like it's it's just a lot of people in a small space, and so... On a nice day like today, where it actually hit the 60s, which has been rare lately, we've had really crappy weather overall, but every time the sun comes out and it hits 60, 63, all of a sudden everybody's out taking a walk, and as they should, you know, we only need to maintain our sanity and get some fresh air and, you know, stretch our legs, but um, there's not a lot of room to safely distance on sidewalks, and so, you know, I think, you know, People are like 95% wearing masks now, so that you know, there, there is that. People are trying to do the right thing, but it's hard to, to be able to take a walk and not uh, you know, run into people, basically, or have to veer into the street sometimes. Or, you know, it's almost like you know, on, on, the, on the one-lane mountain road where you pull over to the side and squeeze against the, the, you know, the shoulder of the road so that somebody else can drive by it's kind of like that we stop and like pull ourselves over on foot while somebody walks by um so they're they're hopefully moving toward uh a plan to close some streets so that we can because there's not that much traffic in new york right now car traffic 
if they close streets, we can walk on the street, and that'll be another way of socially distancing. Howard, LeBron James, uh, was it yesterday or the day before? Of course, it all runs together. Uh, sent out a tweet um, basically saying he wants to finish the season, if at all possible. Does the league's biggest star voicing that opinion matter to to anything one way or another? I don't think so. I mean, I think it, it, it you know, it helps to have everybody on the same page. That's the important thing. Whether it's team owners, the league office, the Players Association, of which obviously LeBron is a very important member, it's important that everybody has the same goal and the same outlook. And that outlook right now is we don't have to make any decisions. We don't have to cancel right now. There is still time if this thing gets under control to try to finish off this season, whether that means regular season games or just playoffs, full playoffs, shortened playoffs, whatever it means, it's all still on the table. It's still logistically possible with the calendar that's left and with the assumption that you're probably pushing back to start the next season, which the league is clearly prepared to do. And, you know, the more you, you, you want, you want as close to unanimity as you can from all the stakeholders and something like this. So look, LeBron is a really important voice because he's LeBron, but I don't think the NBA is making its decision one way or the other on any one player, even one as important as him. It's, it's what the, the owners can figure out. It's what, as we've talked about many times, it's what um, society is ready for. It's whether our, you know all these these cities, or even if it's just one city that they play in, it, it's whether we are all prepared as as a you know a country to to have sports happen, and whether there's enough testing and all these other things. So, um, you know, it, I, I think that the league is certainly happy to have its its most prominent players, and, and especially LeBron, um, you know, expressing the same hopefulness that they have so howard if as you said if we are all prepared for some sort of continuation uh and let's say it's abbreviated because obviously it's going to have to be uh, how will we view this in retrospect do you figure i mean how much legitimacy will it carry will we look at it differently will we kind of say well such and such a team won a championship here but but you know, we always talk about the Spurs dynasty and their five championships over whatever 15 years. We never talk about the fact that the first championship was won in a 50-game lockout shortened season in which they played 50 games in 90 days. Uh, we never talk about the Mavericks 2011 championship as having been won in a 66-game season. And those were, you know, seasons that were cut short by labor battles instead of, of a pandemic. And so this one feels different, and it's also an interrupted season as opposed to simply a delayed season. So, like the logistics of it, the fundamentals, the, the, there are you know they're they're different. The definitions are different. The labeling is different. Um, a season that stopped and then had to restart again months later, it's all different. And so, you know, but you know, on paper, it will still be. They played fifty games in ninety nine and sixty six games in two thousand eleven or ten eleven. Excuse me, eleven twelve, um, and excuse me, ten eleven. Wait, ten eleven, eleven twelve. Eleven twelve was a lockout season, not the Mavericks championship. The uh, the championship that followed theirs, the Heat championship. Right. Um, right. <laughs> it's all a blur. Um, 
But we don't, we don't, we don't asterisk the Spurs championship, even though Phil Jackson made jokes about it back in '99, and we don't asterisk the Heat's, uh, you know, championship either. So I, we'll always look at it different because we will always remember how just bizarre life was this year. We will remember how how strange it was to have the season stop and how our lives changed. Period, basketball notwithstanding. But I, I don't, I don't suspect that we'll look at it differently. Now that that said. If they have to condense the playoffs and it's a best of three first round or even a single elimination first round, for all we know, um, if, if subsequent rounds are only best of five instead of the traditional best of seven, if the finals are played with no fans, which I think is almost a certainty, we're always going to look at it differently just because it's going to have looked and felt differently. And we're going to also look, even you know, when we scan the basketballreference.com pages or the NBA.com pages, and we see that a team won a championship not needing 16 wins, but, but won it with 12 or 14 or whatever it ends up being, like that, that's gonna, like that, that part will stand out. Because even in those lockout seasons I was alluding to, they still had full best-of-seven finals and, and best-of-seven earlier rounds, except for back in 99 when it was still a best-of-five first round. But it, that, that part may stand out. And, and you know, Somebody may try to asterisk it. People may talk about, well, you know, that one was different. But, you know, as history marches on, they all just kind of become just just regular old championships. What do you think about the idea as using, well, Walt Disney World or a property down there in Orlando as the site for a, a bubble playoff, if possible? It's been talked about. I don't think that there's, you know, any particular momentum toward that or anything else. It's just it's it's among the ideas that's on the table. Florida has moved to open more quickly uh, than some other places. And, you know, there's the obvious, as people have noted, obvious tie-ins where, you know, Disney World, it's, it's Disney. Disney owns ESPN slash ABC. There's, you know, the natural partnership there with the league and that and that, that broadcast partner that could help feed into that and they have you know held uh, you know nba related events there before and so you know there's there's a lot to be said for it um all all of these scenarios are irrelevant until there's enough testing available not just for the league but for society period because the nba doesn't want to be in a position to be hogging thousands of tests for its players and personnel when we can't get everybody tested in society at large so um, you know, that's a possibility. There may be other places. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's still months away at a minimum. You know, Howard, this whole thing, because of the way it's, it's happened, does it change the way you would project that things will turn out? If, if, if it is an abbreviated situation, if it is uh, somewhat... Uh, uh, shorter than normal. Uh, since there has been this long layoff, does it change who you think is most capable of, of being successful ultimately in the playoffs? If we have a playoff that starts, you know, I don't even think July 1st, but that would be the earliest, July 1st, August 1st, September 1st, whenever it is, um, it's going to be a serious question then. It, 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 the, you know, did the layoff hurt maybe the older players most because it's harder to get your body back in, 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 in condition, you know, will the young guys be springier faster? Um, does it hurt LeBron James uh, with all the miles he has on him? Who knows? 
Um, it certainly will have helped the Milwaukee Bucks because Giannis had gone down with that knee injury before things stopped, and presumably he'll be healthy. And Ben Simmons with his back issues, and Joel Embiid with some of the bumps and bruises he had. And so, you know, there's going to be it's, it's going to be equalizing in the sense that it, all of a sudden, in theory, everybody will be at 100 percent or close to 100 percent health. But I do think it can take, you know, I think it's harder maybe for the older guys to get back in the swing of things. I also just think, you know, the, the, there's this unpredictable aspect of it where it's so many guys don't even have access to a basketball hoop. Like a, a ton of players do not have basketball hoops available to them because, uh, you know, they live in apartment complexes or, you know, and then of course a lot of public you know, uh, parks have been closed and gyms are closed. And as we know, team facilities haven't been available and only some of those are going to come become available within this coming week. So there's a lot of guys are just going to be, you know, not only just out of basketball shape, but out of rhythm. Um, I, I think the league needs to build in three to four weeks uh, of, of a new pre, you know, a second preseason essentially to get guys in shape so that you can, you know, minimize the risk of injury and, and get guys in rhythm again. Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report with us. Howard, we saw today that they're bumping back the lottery and the NBA draft combine. Didn't make an announcement about the draft itself. Why hold off on that? Yeah, I mean, look, this is all just technicalities at this point. Like The fact that they announced the lottery and pre-draft camp uh, postponement today, I mean, you could see that coming from weeks away, right? There was, they, were ne- they were never going to do that. Um, when they still have hopes of restarting the season. And if they, if they can somehow salvage some regular season games, that will change the standings and thus change the lottery odds. So that was a given. Pre-draft camp, obviously you're not bringing everybody together. That was a given. And, and that they waited till today, it's, it's essentially the, the league is waiting on everything until they absolutely have to uh, in terms of taking action. So the draft is still on the board because, hey, what if miraculously – you know, universal testing becomes available within the next couple of weeks and they get the season back underway and they can hold the lottery the day before the draft for all I know. I mean, there's, there's, there's a, a time span still available to them where they don't have to cancel or postpone the draft yet. And as these next several weeks pass and more, you know, days are lost and the, the calendar keeps shrinking and it becomes apparent that they can't get the draft done as scheduled, they'll postpone that too. I mean, I think that that's inevitable, but it's the league is, is taking this very methodical approach of we're not making any decisions or cancellations or postponements until we absolutely have to, and I think that makes sense. Howard, I've always valued your perspective beyond just basketball, and uh, that's why I ask you this. We had Frank Layden on, uh, the legendary uh, executive and former coach of the Jazz yesterday, and he he said when all of this is said and done, a valuable question will be to ask, what have we learned from this? Where, what, what, what positive can we take from this moving forward? I'd be interested in your thoughts on that. Oh, boy. Um, I, mean, I mean, a bunch of things come to mind, many of which I probably should not discuss on radio because I'll start getting political again. <laughs> you know, that can, all, that, that can only get us all in trouble. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'll, how about this? I'll say this. I'm going to be as positive as possible. Uh, David Brooks, who writes a column for the New York Times op-ed page and who I sometimes agree with and sometimes do not, 
had a pretty thoughtful column today just about the idea that uh, that, that we are all more unified than than uh, you know than than politicians or than the polling or other things might suggest at times that in this time we've seemed very very polarized and we have been. Um, if you look at a bunch of different polling data about our attitudes toward the policies of stay at home and ride this thing out and how people feel about the way we're handling this, we are, we're more unified than we've been since 9-11 in terms of the response to this crisis. Um, and that includes in, in polling on attitudes towards certain leaders. Um, so the David Brooks column, which people should go look up, I, I think just provided at least one positive uh, beacon, which is that we all still can unite at a time of, of crisis, that despite what you may be seeing of some crazy people storming state houses with, you know, uh, you know, weaponry um, and, and implied threats against leaders uh, because they want things to re- be reopened, that is a tiny, tiny minority of the population and the vast majority of us understand that we are all in this together and that we have to ride this out. And, and of course, there's an economic cost and there's, there's a, a, a lot of cost. But we're, we're trying to preserve, you know, the health of, of our society at large and to get through this in the most rational way possible. And, and we are much more unified in that regard than, uh, than people might have thought. Howard, you were the best. Thank you, as always, for jumping on with us. And uh, try, if you can, to enjoy the weekend. Always a pleasure, guys. You too. Thanks. Thanks, Howard. Thanks, Howard. Howard Beck, our friend from the Bleacher Report, with us here on The Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You know, all of us around here have thought about and have uh, rightly thought about going out and getting some fresh air and whatnot. But can you imagine trying to do that in the big city? It seems like that would be. I mean, you're walking down the sidewalk and you're edging this direction and edging that direction. That's what I think of when I think of Howard out there with his family trying to uh, get some some uh, some good, clean, fresh air. Now, I, I really liked visiting New York and Man- Manhattan. I mean, there's a lot of culture and charm and all that. Uh, but I honestly, uh, pre-COVID-19, I don't know how people <laughs> live that way. I really yeah. don't. Just yeah. so on top of each other like that all the time. It'd just be, that would be very hard for me in general, let alone uh, in a circumstance like this. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's difficult and takes some caution, like Howard said. I have quoted uh, Woody Allen before uh, that he said the reason he liked living in New York instead of Colorado because he thinks people are more interesting than trees. But in under these circumstances, maybe the trees aren't so bad. Hmm. And Woody Allen still is bad. Yeah. Yeah, not that I endorse uh, what has gone on with Woody Allen. But anyway. Stick to yeah. trees. Yeah, I would not. I would not. Uh, I would not like to. Uh, just the whole idea of trying to dodge people is isn't that doesn't that run counter to everything we've ever thought? A little bit, yeah. Kind of counter to human nature. It's kind of how I've always lived my life, and yet it's the responsible thing. <laughs> it's the responsible thing to do now. I think we should start a campaign. Be like Austin. Yeah, you're not important enough to come into my personal space before COVID. So stay away from me now, to even especially. Did you see that story about that woman who was wearing this like beak mask that was uh, like six feet long? 
and she would turn and face anybody who got near her to make sure they stayed an appropriate distance away. You should get one of those, Gordon. I mean, first of all, I don't think I would want to walk around with a mask on that has this pokey thing out there for six feet. But that's what she was doing, knocking people over. You'd be safe, buddy. You should do it. At what cost? <laughs> well, keeping people uh, six feet away from you. That's the point, right? You could just carry a stick, like a walking stick. And you'd have to carry something. Well, that's the point of a walking stick, is to help you walk. And then anytime somebody approaches you, you just push it out and say, okay, there you go, stay right there. Hmm. And if you get any closer, you just whack them upside the ear. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next. We'll do what's going on at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, Not Sports Port at 450, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Even on uh, these Fridays, Gordon, that don't quite feel like Fridays. We're certainly happy to have folks aboard with us. What day of the week is it? It's Friday, I believe. Uh, uh, what was that gal's name? Rebecca Black said. Are we sure? N- we're not sure. We it feels like oh. Friday. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't. Know. Feels like every other day. We had a yeah. zoo, we had a Zoom meeting this morning. This is how weird this this thing is to my body clock. We had a Zoom meeting this morning. Austin and I were both on it. That feels like it was a month ago. It's true. It does. That was everybody's, this morning. It feels like it was a month ago. Everybody's got those Zoom meetings going. I had one this morning as well. And uh, you're right. It just kind of. What day was that? That was today. Sorry, Gordon, we didn't mean to out meeting you there. No, I'm just saying that I know exactly what you're talking about. It, uh, the, the, not only do the days get mixed up, but the the hours in a day get mixed up. Yeah, it just seems like time's going by so slowly. Except for when we do the show. Then, then the show by. still goes by fast. Yeah, I'll give you that. The show definitely still goes by fast, but time in general. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Like, we had a, a Zoom happy hour as a station last Friday. Gordon, how long ago does that feel? Yeah. Feels like a month fun, ago. Though. That was that fun, was a, but it feels like it was forever fun. ago. You know, one thing this, as we've talked about, we are talking to Howard back about it, but one thing that I have come to appreciate is time spent with with uh with people i don't see on a regular basis now and that the the you know friends those relationships it th- those are important i hope a, a lot of people a lot of our listeners have those friends and look forward to being able to enjoy that time uh as as uh, the days weeks and months go by here i i don't think we'll take it for granted quite as much you know see i Although, disagree i've enjoyed not seeing those people <laughs> Who have you enjoyed the most not seeing? Church. <clears throat> oh, that was supposed to be in your ear. <laughs> present, present company excluded? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I can answer that because I still see Lloyd. That would be the automatic answer there. Yeah. What, what's, what's the deep sigh for? 
because Lloyd gets a lot of abuse heaped his way. No, he does not. He heaps more than he's heaped upon. <laughs> uh, he's he's a heaper, not a heapy. Yeah, are you are you kidding? Lloyd deserves all he can get for the Mike from IT prank alone. Yep. He'll never he'll never pay back enough for that one. <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing my friends again. Well, you can call PK on the phone anytime. Yeah, but it's just not the same talking to people over the phone. I mean, it'll, it has to do right now. And uh, but but it it sure is fun being able to associate with people. You know, right before this all happened, I met. I think I told you guys I met four of my best friends growing up, a number of whom I hadn't seen in years. I mean, and by years, I'm talking about decades. And we were able to get together and have dinner together. I, I believe it was. It might have been the last week of February. And people came in from out of town and all that. And we just had a fantastic time. And uh, that was a reminder to me how how much fun it is to, to, to be around people you, you uh, have commonality with and uh, some association with. And then this hits, and it's just like, wow, okay. I hope you – know, this is what concerns me, aside from the health – of people, and aside from the financial troubles that some people are having, is the people who are lonely. The people who are holed up in their apartment or whatever, and they they don't have visitors. That that's sad. That's sad to me. Gordon, uh, uh, coming sorry, up. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring everything down like that. <sighs> coming up tonight on ESPN, a now, documentary it's time for a little dog named Snuggles. A documentary will premiere uh, about <laughs> Alex Smith and his injury with his leg. My question to you is: Are you going to watch it? Because I, I am know. not. I, I don't I can't, know if I can. I can't I look at that injury. No. I have a tough time looking at that stuff, and I have no doubt that this is going to be a fascinating story. But I don't know if I can watch it. Yeah, there's, there are those who, when you're watching a football game or basketball game and you see someone suffer a very difficult injury, some people automatically, their attention, they glommed onto the TV screen. I, my natural inclination is to look away. And I, I don't know if – I'm sure they'll warn everybody and say, hey, this is going to be graphic – uh, but but I uh, my tendency is not to watch. I uh, you know bless our our first responders you know uh, our police officers and firefighters and uh, you know we should appreciate them every day but certainly at a time like this but I have a, a my good friend John is a firefighter mm-hmm. and uh, I asked him once I was like how do you do it man because they're you know they're they're the first on the scene of some of these accidents that have just got to be, you know, gut-wrenching to look at, right, or, or to see. And he says, you know what, because of the heat of the moment, he doesn't think about it. His training goes into goes right. into automatic uh, mode, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, he says he's seen some just awful things, but you don't, you don't think, oh, that's awful. You think, I've got to help. Right. You know, yeah. and, and that's that's a really fascinating mindset to me because that's that would be difficult for me. But we're not trained to do that help or give that help. And so we would be uh, I think there's a feeling of uh, helplessness when we watch it. Yeah, but I I I want to watch that Alex Smith documentary cuz he nearly died. 
Yeah. I don't know if if everybody out there realized. I mean, he he not only nearly lost his leg, but he nearly died. Mm. And I'm sure the story is is a really good story, especially since we know that it has a happy ending that he's uh, on his way to hopefully a full recovery. And uh, hopefully we'll see him on the football field again. But, um, man, I, I just don't know if I can watch it. I, I've accidentally, and I say accidentally because I really didn't mean to, you know, seen some of the pictures since mm-hmm. that happened. And I just, yeah. that's that's tough. And your heart goes out to Alex Smith. I mean, you know, football is a rough sport, and it's almost a, it's almost um, like we we almost expect to see those types of injuries more. You know, because it's such a, a physical sport. But my goodness, that was that was an injury. Teddy Bridgewater had something similar, right? Where where he was, his life was in danger for a little bit when he got hurt in Minnesota, right? Yeah, well, was, well, uh, yeah, goodness, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, thank goodness we don't see it more, Jake, because I don't think I would enjoy the sport if if I did. No, if it were that gruesome, uh, I I'd think rather live. It in would my not be as popular. Yeah, my my naive bubble. You know, I mean, I, I you hear about guys who are really hurt on the field, and sometimes it doesn't show up the way some of these more extreme cases do. But but there, there's uh, there's damage that goes along with our enjoyment of uh, of sports. You, you know? ever seen a, a throat get slashed by a skate in hockey? Oh, That'll change oh, your life in a second. Terrible. Man. I've never seen that. No. They need to wear like some kind of Teflon neck protector you know what and by the way this this subject is is my fault because i brought it up but we we've got to get more positive on this show it's true. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have got to figure out a way to brighten some stuff boy, i up sure hope people show. have friends boy did you ever see a throat get slashed on the ice <laughs> more next on the big show We've got to find. We've got the not sports port coming up next gordon i don't know if you have uh if you're dead set on what uh, what story you're picking, but maybe something maybe something on the positive side, huh? Maybe pick us up uplifting? a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll shift into a different gear and I'll go positive. I'll find something. Like, come hell or high water. This segment has really been something. Maybe we've gone yeah. from loneliness to uh, deaths on the field of sport. How can we even <laughs> enjoy sports? Because you know. <laughs> Uh, well, most of it is. I saw lightning strike a Little League field once. Everyone got out okay. Hmm. What did you guys see? <laughs> All right, so a, a, friend positive. Of mine, a friend of mine, his house got struck by lightning. And, uh, boy, it was, <laughs> it, it was torched. Okay. <laughs> Jake, we're, we're helping. your move. I was vacationing in the North Woods once, and I met this guy. He had like a like a white streak down the middle of his hair, Gordon. And uh, I was asked his him name about Pepe it. Le Pew? No, no, no. But he he spoke with kind of a kind of a stutter, and and he told me he said he had been struck by lightning sixty six times. That's not even funny. It's not. And it's not even close. It's not even close. To I, I was there. I was there with my uncle Roman. And we met this guy. No, you stop. I'm it. serious. Sixty six times he said in the head. Mm. Was his name Randy Quaid? No, no, um, no. Let's see. It wasn't. Am it, I missing a it, reference? It here? wasn't Dan. Egg. It's the Great Outdoors. Have you guys oh, never seen oh, the Great yeah, Outdoors yeah, yeah, with yeah, the guy yeah, who see. got struck by lightning sixty six yes, times? Yes, Come yes. on. See, the difference. Come between, on. The difference between what you just did and what I do on a regular basis is my stories are credible, and yours are obviously 
you know, just BS. That was a movie. I, I was know. telling you what happened in a movie. I know you were. A I, but you were saying it, you were saying it as though it happened to you. I thought that you'd pick up on the Great Outdoors, a movie that's been out for forty years. 30 years. How long has that movie been out? Closer to 40, yeah. Oh, you've been talking about it for 40 years, it seems like, and I've never taken the time to watch. At least not the whole thing. I've watched bits and pieces. Uh, 88. It's it's been out since 1988. Classic. 32 years. John Candy and Dan Aykroyd. Come on, Gordon. It's a great movie. Gordon, you'd like that movie. You would like that movie. It's a great movie. It's hilarious. And yes, there's a character in it who's been struck by lightning 66 times. I'm I'm trying to uh, get caught up on Old my, Reg. All, all the movies. If you see Old Reg, if you see Old Reg running like hell for home, take cover. You you all have right. to see that this weekend, Gordon. Now you do, yeah. Really? I do. I like you were legit mad at me over that. I was just describing a movie. No, I know, I know. I just everybody knew you were you were not telling the truth about something that actually happened to you. I was vacationing in the North Woods and met a guy who got struck by lightning 66 <laughs> times. Unlike you, I'm not trying to pass obvious fiction off as something oh, that actually see, happened to me. See, this was this, this was see, just a joke because it was in a movie. That? Why you got to try and hurt me that way? Because you know my credibility is very important to me. And these stories I tell, with the exception of like, you could count on one hand the stories I've told that were fabricated. All the others are true. Absolute. Again, you you had a, a a a junior hockey team that the goalie's name was Puxley. As I said, there have been a handful of cases where I have sort of fabricated a few things, but on ninety nine point nine percent of the stories I tell are true. The stories that I tell are ninety nine percent, ninety nine point five percent, one hundred percent factual. Yeah, hmm. and and you shacked up with Juice Newton for a time in the eighties. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, I didn't shack up with her. <laughs> she taught me polo, and I swear to you that that story is true. And I did stay in her condo, but not when she was there. You know, if uh, we have that clear now, if Juice were were smart, and uh, she was furnishing her condo, she'd go see Tom at the warehouse. Joining us now, out to the zone phone we go. Of course, two locations for you. 1967 South, 300 West in Salt Lake, 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Tom, you'd uh, hook Juice Newton up with a nice adjustable bed or something, right? Oh, that boom on that transition. That just <laughs> saved you, Gordon, because you were fishing there for a compliment. You know, you know, Tom, the funny thing about that is that Juice's husband's name was Tom. So we bring it full circle. Yeah, uh, it, it wasn't me, but uh, I like Juice Newton. Hmm. All right. Angel of the morning. Yeah. Love it. Hey, I just did a walkabout, and I am laying on the Gordon special. This is the King adjustable bed with the gel-infused memory foam. This mattress is normally sixteen ninety nine. The base is normally twelve ninety nine. $2,900 package. I'm doing the entire thing in honor of Gordon and the greatest of all time afternoon show on the radio, the big show, $999. Uh, This is an incredible bed. This is an incredible bed at any price, but at $999, it's a once in a lifetime deal. King adjustable bed, including a gel infused mattress. I'm going to say it one more time because people won't believe it. 
$999. Then I want to remind the listeners, we've had several people come in. We've sold several in Salt Lake and in Orem this afternoon now. It is the California King Sealy Performance Mattress with box springs. That's a set of two for a Cal King. And I have a choice. You have two beds you can choose from. The entire package. This is a headboard, footboard, rails, two box springs, and a Sealy Performance Mattress, $499. It's an incredible deal. Don't forget the bunk bed special. A bunk bed with the two mattresses for $349. Most people sell the mattresses for $199 each and the bunk bed for $199 each. It's a $600 package, and bunk beds are commodities. They never go on sale. $349. It's probably the best deal I've ever done on a bunk bed in the history of my warehouse. How about last but not least, I've got a few left, the solid wood nightstands, normally $149 in honor of Austin because he's such a good guy, $49 for an Austin nightstand. We're going to talk to you one more time this afternoon, and I'm going to bring something special for the weekend. Don't forget, any adjustable bed, if you mention the big show, you get free mattress protectors here at the warehouse, Salt Lake, 1967 South, 300 West, right across the street from Home Depot and in Orem on University Parkway at 86 East, the old Toys R Us building. Boom. Take advantage of it. Thanks, Tom. 86 East University Parkway there in Orem. In Salt Lake, 1967 South, 300 West. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. The Not Sports Report, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Like only yesterday, life belonged to runaways. Nothing here to see, no looking back. Every sound monotone, every color monochrome. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going to Idaho, and then we're going to Oregon. All right? Have you ever wanted to set a Guinness World Record, Jake? Have you ever tried to do that? Have you ever thought about doing that? Nope. I bet. No, I bet I haven't. Has. You haven't? Uh-uh. I, I have set a Guinness World Record. What was it? I took part in, and I think it's been broken since, but I took part in what was then the world's largest rock, paper, scissors tournament. Oh, I remember when they were doing that. Yeah, yeah. And where was that, and who was involved? It was here. No, this was years before that. Oh, okay. This was while I was in college, and it was the entire campus, whoever wanted to be involved. And how many people were involved, ultimately? I, I can't remember. But I have my official Guinness Book of World Record, whatever, uh, certificate at home. So hmm. Really? Did you frame it? Did you put it on the wall? No, I folded it up and put it in the back of my <laughs> uh, safety, bo- or safety box, special box, or whatever it's called. Well, it's the darndest thing because uh, I saw a story, an Idaho man from Boise, I guess he was, uh, he decided he wanted to break 
the record for the most wet sponge hits to his face. Wet sponge hits? Yeah. Like to find hit. What do you, it, it had to be inside of 30 seconds. Do you know what the record was? It was just being hit in the face. 300. No. In 30 seconds? Yeah, a machine could do it. <laughs> no. No, the record was 36 hits to the face. And he, this man, uh, ended up with 43 wet sponges. That's so stupid. Inside of 30 seconds. This. To the face. And apparently, I think like 50, 56 were thrown at him, and some of them missed. But, uh, yep, it's, he's the proud owner of the record. Most wet sponge hits to the face. 43, so he can be very proud about that. I watched the video, and it's kind of... And his just, kids were so embarrassed. It's just what you would imagine it to be. Absolutely ridiculous. And then there's this, uh, I've never really tried to set a world record, but it would be kind of cool to be, to have done something nobody else has done or to do it better or Well, you've more. got the, uh, the, the longest sports radio question record, right? Oh, uh, I think there might be a few others that rivaled it. They just weren't re recorded the way that mine was, but... Anyway, the other one, the good news is a story about a man who was trying to help his wife. She had taken a new job or had a new shift, and it was the overnight shift. And so he stayed up all night uh, to attend to matters to support his wife. And after he got done in the morning when the, when the, uh, when the sun came out, he was tired. So he'd been up all night. So he went to a convenience store. And he to buy an energy drink to get himself going, and he bought a lottery ticket and he won a hundred grand. Yeah, that's cool. Good for, for you. helping out his wife. I thought that was terrific. And he said, "You know what?" <laughs> he said he was going to use the hundred thousand to buy a motorcycle, and then he's going to put the rest in the bank. Yeah, good for him. So, there you go. I had a roommate once who worked graveyards, and it was terrible. Having a roommate who worked graveyards, yeah, it's not easy. And I, he, uh, he, he said uh, he told his wife anything I can do to help, and so it ended up paying off nicely for him beyond. Wait, just so doing she had deed. to work the graveyard shift, but yeah. why did he have to stay up? Because I, I don't know. I didn't. I, I it was in there somewhere. It was in the story. But he, I don't know if he was tending something or whatever. But he ended up having to stay up all night. You ever work graveyards, Gordon? I had a job once that I had to get up at 3.30 in the morning to go do. Graveyards are something else. All Wait, was long. this a paper route? Yeah, that no, doesn't I, count. I did, I, I did have a paper route, too, but that was something else. What was what'd this? What did you do for the grave? Oh, was that when you were working for the hotel? Yeah, yeah. What was this? What did you have to get up at 3 for? Oh, I had to, uh, to go. Uh, I was doing janitorial work. <laughs> False. True. False. True. My dad thought it would be a good idea for me to do that. And so, uh, because I wanted, he wanted me to learn good hard work. How long did it last? Six months. Hmm. Where were you doing, doing janitorial work? Oh, just in a building. But, uh, but I, that's the closest I've come. Wait, I, I just in a wait, building. It, it wasn't outdoor janitorial work? <laughs> yeah, just in a building. <laughs> what, mean? Are, what are you hiding here? See, was it, was it an Area 51? Here, here, Have you been sworn the, to secrecy? Here's the thing you guys don't give me enough credit for. 
not only did I have a job as a gardener, all right, I worked in a garden. Okay. As gardeners do. Yeah. And not only that, but I had a job as a painter and I painted houses. And I had a job as a construction worker hauling rocks. And I worked with a stonemason mounting those rocks. Uh, And I worked, uh, I've done all kinds of physical labor in my day. This is what I'm trying to say to you. And you don't give me any credit for these things that I've done because you think I've just lived this life of ease and relaxation, but not true, man. I've been out there. I am a man of the people. I have sweated with them, doing hard labor in order to get the job done. Why can't you hide details like where exactly you were a janitor? Oh, I don't, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not moving on past this. Why are you I'm being not, so secret about it? I don't want to get into the details, but... Uh, was I, it, was one, it one uh, summer, a topless one, bar? One, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> one summer, I, I, roof, I was a roofer. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've done these things, and I, it'd be nice if you guys would lay off the whole idea of, hey, Lisa, go move those 50 bags of topsoil. But That's that happened. happened. That's exactly what <laughs> you happened. You need to lay off the truth. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but where were you a janitor? I want to know. Now I want to know. I'll tell you well, the details later, but it's all true. Why can't you share it, though? Really, was it? Was it I the would... aliens? Was it Area 51? <laughs> did you see someone, like did you see someone murdered? <laughs> was and... it an army base? Did you see? The... Yes, good point. Was Jimmy did Hoffa you, around? Did you or... see a mob hit? <laughs> no. No, I was uh, vacuuming. Here, son, here's some bleach. You didn't see nothing. We we know what janitors do. Where was it? Where was it? Where? (laughs) I'm not telling you nothing. See, my first job, 100%, I was a janitor at an elementary school. I will tell you. An elementary school. See, That's where I cleaned. This See, is Gordon got up and had to go clean the, the kitchen every morning no, or something. Downstairs. No, 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 I was great paid point. for it. Probably minimal allowance. Wage. You were at you were a janitor at your own house? That's what you're counting? You're we're, right. are we talking uh, about childhood uh, chores? I, I no, I was working at a uh, at a well, I don't know how to describe well <laughs> it was kind of a it was an estate. <laughs> Yeah, it was an estate that I worked at. So you were like a butler? No, no I was a janitor and a gardener. At an estate? Yeah. Like someone's house? Yeah, someone's estate. Yeah. Okay, this doesn't count at all. No, Why? The little old lady down the street for no. eight bucks a week. Right, no. exactly. Bring that her mail not, in. You're not a janitor. No, that does no, not no. count. It was, no? it, was, it was at a DuPont estate, and I was doing hard labor Cleaning and painting, polluting and gardening, rivers. and uh, uh, mowing lawns and uh, and uh, hoeing, uh, you know, gardens and doing. Uh, you know, I was a I was a working man. Hmm. That was a long three weeks, wasn't it? Much longer than that, <laughs> and I did a fine job. And when I when I worked the with the Sto- family, were they your I- neighbors? <laughs> My sister uh, taught one of the, the DuPont kids uh, piano lessons. Was but, it the, no. the the creepy DuPont that, uh, what's his no. name, played? Steve no. Carell in that movie you no. wrote? No, it was not. So wait, you have two connections to that movie? You you were that guy's yard boy and <laughs> and you knew the wrestler? No, it wasn't that. It wasn't that, Steve. 
No. It, it was the chemical family. There are things, you know, I have a lot of stories you that did I've see never someone murdered on the air. You really did see somebody murdered. Really see somebody murdered. Wouldn't, wouldn't make, uh, they wouldn't put make the body in an acid bath in front of you or something? What happened here? <laughs> Seriously. I had a job cleaning fish. Oh, go. There comes the separate, fish story again. No, separate from the one when I had to clean out the Burying garbage. bodies and feeding fish. <laughs> I got a lot of he stories was a I've never... roofer. Right. I, I, I... Also, and a stonemason. Also at the DuPont family estate. No, 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 no. I did the, the stonemasonry here in Utah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hauling, hauling rocks, mixing cement. Uh, wiring the rocks in place up on the wall, the whole thing. All right, coming up next, we've got what's going on. Stay tuned. All the big headlines across the Zone Sports Network, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.